Hello, and welcome to the very first Harvest Word podcast. Now, before I get to uh, talk about the subject that I want to talk about today, I would like to take a few minutes and introduce uh, myself and the subject of the podcast. Um, my name is Clifton Gadboys. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I am a husband. I'm a father. I have a bachelor's degree in geology. I worked for several years in the mining geology field. Uh, right now, I'm going back to school, both for a um, master's degree in biblical studies, as well as a degree in broadcasting. Now, the name of this podcast, Harvest Word, is a reference to Matthew 13, 39, where Jesus refers to the harvest as the end of the age. So this podcast is dedicated to a biblical and prophetic discussion about subjects relating to the return of Jesus Christ. The topic for today is a Facebook video about a week and a half ago, a pastor, an Assemblies of God pastor from Burksville, Kentucky, Pastor Dana Coverstone, he recorded uh, a Facebook video where he shared a dream that he had in December, and then he shared two dreams that he had the week that he recorded the video. If you know something about this video, you know that it's gone um, viral very quickly. Uh, Within, I think, three or four days, it had over 100,000 views. Right now, to date, less than two weeks after it was posted, it has had, has had over two million views. So certainly people are talking about it, people are watching it, but really, what's it all about? Um, and I will say that you really should go watch it for yourself, first and foremost. Um, Dana Coverstone on Facebook, he posted it on June 25th. Uh, I do suggest that you go watch that. It's about 16 minutes long. It's well worth your time. If you have any interest at all uh, in current events from a biblical perspective and to in how the Lord speaks to his people prophetically. Okay, so hopefully you've gone and watched that. As Danny Coverstone said, in December he was given a dream where he saw a hand emphasize the month of March Underline it, tapped it three times, and then flip forward to June, tapped it three times. And then he was given a series of visions which cover the events basically of the last three months, COVID-19, and now the riots <clears throat> associated with the death of George Floyd. And that this was back in December. He shared it with men in his church. You know, so it's documented that he had this. As he, because he saw these events unfold just the same way he saw in his dream, when he was given another two dreams, he felt led of the Lord to share this, share the other two dreams. Now, in the dream that he had just, we'll call it two weeks ago, it was a continuation. He was told definitively that it was part two. It was a continuation of the first dream. And he saw the same finger, the same hand, underline and tap the month of September. And then it flipped up to November. And then the hand smashed the calendar. And then he was given a series. Again, he was given more visions of things to come. Again, hopefully you saw that for yourself. But to summarize, he riots on a scale that make what we've seen in the past month or two. 
uh, pale in comparison. Um, he mentioned a resurgence of COVID-19. So the big question is, are these from the Lord? And, you know, there, this is something that's been a, hotly debated within the Christian community, the charismatic prophetic community. Um, when I received it, when I saw this um, messenger, somebody sent it to me. I watched it. I prayed about it. And for me, it was immediately of the Lord. Okay. It's a warning dream. He called it a warning dream. Um, it is my belief that, you know, COVID-19 and the race rights, they have been a wake up call from the Lord, pure and simple. Okay. And <laughs> there are prophetic words from David Wilkerson, from John Paul Jackson, um, Perry Stone, people who have established ministries, they have seen events like that we have been seeing unfold before our very eyes. So after uh, I had watched the video and had prayed about it and discussed it with some friends, you know, we all felt that it was from the Lord because Pastor Coverstone does live within fairly close to me. The day after I saw the video, I went, I went and actually visited his church. I got it on, I got the video on a Saturday. I went to and visited his church on the next Sunday. So for those of you who are wondering, I will just simply tell you that, um, the man that you see in the video is the same man that I saw on the platform of his church. He is not after fame. He's not after, you know, a prophetic ministry. He is just a man. He's been in pastoral ministry, I think, for about 30 years. Um, he's been at this, his present church for about 10 years. He works a, a job outside of the church um, to have money. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's just a very humble kind of man. He's not looking for the attention. Um, I hear him say that, repeat that over and over again. So, so now, P, so prophetic people uh, in the charismatic world, uh, big, big names, household names, they have uh, heard it and they've, you know, the, we've been starting to get their take on it. And I think a few have agreed with it. They, they have um, recognized that it is from the Lord. They have borne witness in their spirit. But quite surprisingly, or perhaps not, uh, some of the big names, they're like, nope, it's not of God. Um, <laughs> some, some have said outright, it's not of God, it's not His will. Uh, others have said, well, you know, it's second heaven revelation. And if you don't know what that term means, what they're saying by second heaven revelation is that it is a plan of the enemy. And that had, has been, he has kind of picked up on it. And so now he's prophesying it as if it's from God, but they're saying that it's from the enemy. Um, all kinds of things. And it's it, it, honestly, it has really bothered me um, that people have so dismissed this man. Why are they cutting this man off at the knees? Why are they so against what this man has to say? I mean, these, these are big name big name prophetic people they're big name ministries and they feel the need to cut this guy off and it makes you wonder why and so as I've been praying about this the Lord gave me uh, some scripture to talk about and it's going to 1 Kings 
chapter 22. Now in this chapter, what you have is, is Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, is going to team up with King Ahab of Israel, and they're going to go to war with somebody. And so, so here you're in the court. You're going to defeat them. One guy, even he made up horns of iron. He says, hey, you're going to gore them. You're going to win. And now Jehoshaphat, you know, he, he was a good king. Um, he had his issues, certainly. But he, he says, like, look, is, is there a prophet of the Lord? Okay. In other words, he was saying, you know what? Okay, yes, you get all these people who are prophetic, quote unquote, uh, and they're saying all good things. But he recognizes there's a discernment within him that says, you know what? I don't think that this is the Lord. This is not the Lord God of Israel speaking. And so Ahab says, well, you know, there's this one prophet, Micaiah. He says, but he never prophesies anything good about me. And so they send for Micaiah and Micaiah comes in and I'm paraphrasing here. He says, oh, yeah, sure. Go up. You're going to win. No problem. And of course, he, you know, he does it in a very sarcastic way. And Ahab looks at Jehoshaphat and said, look, you know, hey, I told you this guy doesn't prophesy anything good about me. So Micaiah says, okay, this is really what I see. And he says, he has this vision and he sees the Lord sitting on his throne and the host of heaven standing by him on his right and his left. And the Lord says, hey, you know what, who's going to entice Ahab to go up to this city so he can die? And one spirit says, hey, you know what, I'm going to go and be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. And the Lord says, hey, you're going to succeed. And so one of these other prophets, uh, Zedekiah, comes up and smacks Micaiah on the cheek. And he says, how did the Spirit of the Lord pass from me to speak to you? Now, when I read this, that is exactly what these modern-day, quote-unquote, prophetic people are saying to this pastor. That what they are saying to him is, well, if, it, if this was really from the Lord, certainly he would have told us. Apparently not. Because here, here, here again, listen to this, okay? Micaiah says to Zedekiah, Behold, you shall see on that day when you enter an inner room to hide yourself. Okay? In other words, there's going to come a day where you're going to be found out as a false prophet. And you're going to be hiding. Now, if you've watched the video from Pastor Coverstone, he says, Look, you know what? If I'm wrong, you can call me out on it. But wait until December 1st. In other words, wait till this prophecy has had time to either come to pass or not. The, the situation is so similar. It's, it's uncanny. And of course, you know, if you've gone into your Bible and looked at 1 Kings 22, you'll know that, yes, Micaiah was a true prophet of the Lord and that Ahab did die. Um, and I don't remember if anything was said about the the prophets, the false prophets that were prophesying. But think back, and maybe some of you don't know, um, weren't aware of this, uh, and I don't, I'm not going to be mentioning names in, in a negative sense uh, on this podcast, at least not yet. But there was a self titled prophet who, um, <laughs> Who said back in March that hey you know what we, we we've we've turned the corner we've turned the tide on COVID nineteen God's going to send this miraculous healing and it's just going to go away and be over with. Well, that didn't happen. Now, what does the Bible say about 
a prophet who, who or someone who calls himself a prophet and what he says doesn't come to pass. Don't fear him. Don't listen to him. Okay. It says now you now if they preach in, to worship another God, yes, you stone him. Of course, you know, today we wouldn't stone him. But anyway, the point is, is that if someone says that they're prophetic or a prophet and they prophesy and it doesn't happen, don't listen to them. Now, are they irredeemable? No. The Lord is into restoration. People make mistakes. Okay? But also people, some people can make honest mistakes. Other people make deliberate mistakes. Okay? You have to understand where they're coming from. There was another gentleman who is considered, uh, he's kind of a big name, prophetic. And he said that he uh, was shown what would happen with COVID-19 back in December. No, actually, I correct myself, back in September uh, at the beginning of the Jewish New Year. And he said that by Passover, it, uh, uh, it would be over. That didn't happen either. And now the second person, the first person is someone that I honestly have not ever listened to. <laughs> um, I just, I've never felt that his ministry, there was just something about his perspective on things, which was only partially true. In other words, it's like if he took every good promise out of the Bible, you know, that's what he talked about. He never talked about any of the discipline or any, any of the judgments of God. Okay. Uh, the second person, I have felt that he was more balanced, that he was, you know, a legitimate minister of the Lord, yet he got, he got it wrong. I haven't heard that he said any much about it since, since he realized, oh, you know what, I got this wrong. Now, he hasn't apologized, he hasn't repented, um, at least publicly that I know of. But if the Lord certainly leads me to listen to something else he has to say, I will. But for the time being, I'm not going to listen to him. So, but again, the the setup, the the situation between in First Kings chapter twenty two, between these what we'll I'll call peace and safety prophets, these prosperity prophets, and Micaiah, and now this pastor from Birchville, Kentucky, and his dreams that things aren't going to go well, that things are going to be tough again, okay. Uh, and modern-day prophetic people who, uh, at least some of them who have invested in the kind of gospel of positivity rather than the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, which includes holiness and discipline of sons. I mean, it's the same pattern. I want to kind of step away from that part of now, and I want to talk about something that the Lord showed me about this dream. Now, again, hopefully you've watched the dream. I've just briefly hit on certain points of it. Um, and I will say here that part of his two dreams that he had back in June, he saw wealth disappearing. Uh, he saw hyperinflation. Okay. And that's, that, that's just not good news. And as I was sharing with this dream with people that I know, um, gentleman that I know is a watchman of the Lord. He messaged me back his private message. And he said, you know what? This is, I believe this is 
you know, a, this dream is from the Lord. It's a genuine warning. But in confidence, he said, you know what? I'm kind of worried about my finances. You know, I've been stretched kind of thin. Uh, my wife is kind of nervous. I said, just please pray for me. And, you know, when I saw that message, of course, you know, I'm going to pray for the gentleman. I'm friends with him. And the Lord brought to my mind another story from the Word. And this, this is found in 2 Kings chapter 6 and 7. Now, so let's do the setup for this. So there's a different king. This is in Samaria, which is in Israel. Okay. The city of Samaria is being besieged um, by Ben-Hadad, king of Aram. Okay. And it's been besieged for so long. Okay. They don't have any food. That a donkey's head is being sold for 80 shekels of silver. And a fourth of a cab of dove's dung for five shekels of silver. Now, <laughs> first of all, I did a little bit of research on how much a shekel was. And honestly, it was I couldn't find a definitive answer. We know a denarius in New Testament times is a day's wages. I could not find definitively how much a shekel was. But, you know, 80 shekels of silver for a donkey's head. It's hyper, just call it hyperinflation, okay? And, you know, five shekels for a fourth of a cab of dove's dung. Now, I'm going to inject here that dove's dung, there's two schools of thought on that. Um, that word is not the same word for dung. Like, you know, when Ezekiel had to burn dung while he was laying on his side, it's a different word. So the two schools of thought that it's actually dove's dung, you know, being used for fire, or that dove's dung was actually some kind of wild onion, wild vegetable. Who knows? I'm, I'm, the point is, they were experiencing hyperinflation. Okay. Not dissimilar to what Pastor Coverstone was, he's, what he saw in these dreams. Okay. Because I know that these dreams have, even among the people who have accepted it as a genuine word from the Lord, warning from the Lord, Concern about, okay, what, what do we do? So the Lord gave me this story. So as the story goes, the king is walking along, and he this woman accosts him. And the king's like, what? what? What do you need? And she says, well, I made a pact with this wo other woman that yesterday uh, we boiled my son and ate him, and that today we were supposed to boil her son and eat him, but she's hidden her son. And the king was just like, man, this is horrible. And the woman grabs his clothes and he's wearing sackcloth. Now, at this point, the king gets mad at Elisha, the prophet, not Elijah, but Elisha gets mad at Elisha because he's like, Elisha, you know, what good have you done? And so Elisha is sitting in his house and the king sends a man to him. And then the word of the Lord comes to Elisha. And he says, Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time a measure of fine flour will be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Now, <laughs> the man that the king sent said this, Behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And Elisha says, Behold, you will see it with your own eyes, but you will not eat of it. There's four lepers sitting in the gate of Samaria, and they're like, Okay, you know what? It's all over for us. Uh, we can go out there and, we, you know, they're either going to kill us or, you know, maybe they'll spare us and give us some food. So they go out there and they find the camp, the Armenians. And you know what? 
the Armenians are gone. The Lord had put the sound of chariots and the sound of horses and of a great army, and they were like, dude, we're out of here. So the Lord performed a miracle, and just the army beat feet. And these four lepers, they come upon this camp, and they find all the stuff, and they start having themselves a little bit of a party, and then all of a sudden they're like, you know, <laughs> we really shouldn't be keeping this all to ourselves. And so they go back to the city, middle of the night, and they're like, hey, you know, <laughs> we need, we found all this food. They're gone. You know, we found all this food, and they're like, ah, okay. And lo and behold, it was found to be true. So there was a, a, a stampede out of the city, out to the camp. And sure enough, this officer who had doubted the word of the Lord from Elisha got trampled. And so that, that prophetic word came true. So what... You may ask, so, so you're going to ask, so, so what's the point of all that? My point is this. I don't know what the hyperinflation that is in the dream, in the dreams, is going to look like. I don't know. It sounds bad. No coins. One and five dollar bills aren't, aren't worth it. Um, in one dream, he saw like the roof of a bank being pulled up and wealth just disappearing. Okay. Sounds pretty bad. But in, you know, where the rubber meets the road, you know, day to day real life, I don't know what that's going to look like. Okay. The point of this is that no matter how bad it's going to get, okay, and I believe it's going to be bad, God can do that. God, what God did in the Word in 2 Kings chapter 6 and chapter 7, He can do in America or any place else that's suffering this, he can perform that same miracle if we will repent, if we, if we will get the message that we've got to stop sinning, allowing this, these abominations, these perversions, okay? I'm talking about abortions. I'm talking about the LGBTQT+, okay? It's got to stop. The Lord wants, and I'm not talking about, okay, you know, sinners are going to sin. Okay, I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about God's own people tolerating abortion, about God's own people celebrating homosexuality in the church. Okay, this is what I'm talking about. Sinners are going to sin. They can do what they want outside the church. But now it's, they're inside the church. And that's what's going on. You know, <clears throat> people like to think, oh, well, you know, God's never going to, all God's will for us is all good. And, and yes, you know what? It, it, his will is nothing but good for us. But if we are sinning, if we were calling evil good and good evil, correction, judgment will come. And that's a good thing for two reasons. Number one, correction discipline tells us, like Paul the Apostle said, it's proof that we still belong to God. Okay? Now, I'm talking to Christians here, okay? If you're not a Christian, I'm not talking to you, okay? But this correction is, this correction is still God's mercy on us. 
And we need to realize that we need to repent. We need to stand up and say no more. Okay. What, what, let me ask you this. Why do you think that churches have been targeted more than any other group across the board from you know the, 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 the lockdown orders? I mean, what did the California governor do? He banned worship. He banned singing in churches. Folks, judgment, discipline. Peter the Apostle wrote, judgment comes first to the house of God. That is why churches have been so discriminated against. It's judgment from God. It is a wake-up call. And obviously, we are not waking up. We need to wake up. We need to get back in the Word. We need to pray. We need to repent. We need to understand that, yes, God is a good God, but He is also a holy God. He's not going to tolerate sin in the camp. He's not going to do it. There's, there comes a time when he says, he's going to say, enough is enough. Look at the history of Israel. Look at the history of Judah. And Paul the Apostle said that all these things were written for our example, for our instruction. There you have it. That's my take, um, both on, you know, Pastor Coverstone, uh, his sincerity, uh, I do believe that his dreams are from, from the Lord. Uh, you know, and if you watch the video, he's very distinct. You know, he says, okay, this is what I saw and this is what I believe. And, you know, so he, he's very good about saying, look, this is what I saw and this is what I believe it means. So, you know, he's given some leeway when he says, I believe, um, you know, some of his points are still up for interpretation got my take now on <laughs> why big name prophetic people are saying no this is not from God and finding all kinds of technical unbiblical pharisaical reasons that he's wrong and now you also have a bit of hope okay that no matter how bad it gets the Lord can perform a miracle, okay? About this time tomorrow, things can change, no matter how bad it gets. And I want to say, and I want to make this final point, nowhere in anything that Pastor Coverson said did he say that this is the end of the United States as a country. Nowhere does he say that this is the imminent return of Jesus, he just says, look, you know what? I saw that the period from September to November, it's going to be September and October are going to be kind of like March through June. And then November, it's really, really going to get bad. That's all he said. So listen to what the man says. Listen to the dream and, and pray and see if the Lord doesn't say, yeah, that's for me. Get ready for what's coming. You know, one of the questions I've been most asked with people I shared this with say, well, at least the ones who've accepted it, which all but one person that I sent it to accepted it. Um, is it something that is set or is it something that we can kind of pray ourselves out of? You know, in other words, if is there a chance for this to not happen? 
And I have to say honestly that I prayed and I think that because because the arrogance with which Pastor Coverstone has been received with the amount of pride and arrogance that has been and derogatory, you know, derogatory attitude um, that has been sent towards him. And I don't mean like, you know, God is not a respecter of person, but in other words, people have beaten the, the messenger of the Lord. They have beaten him. They have disregarded him. Uh, we've not woken up. We've been warned and we haven't listened. So this is my take. No, I do not believe that there is a way for us to avoid uh, what Pastor Coverstone has seen in the period September to November. However, number one, that does not mean we should not still repent and pray and seek the Lord. We could. It's possible. I don't believe it is, but it's still, I'm not going to say it's not because I've not heard any prophetic word or anything from the Lord personally to me that it's, <laughs> that we can avoid it. Okay. We, we, it is possible that we still could avoid it. I don't think so, but I'm never going to say never until the Lord does. My belief is that it's unavoidable, but we can still pray and lessen the effects. And that's my take. So you pray about it. You see what the Lord says to you. So I think that's going to do it for this first podcast. Um, if the audio has been kind of rough, I apologize. I'm still kind of working out some technical issues, but I really felt like that it was important to the Lord for me to do this and to start doing this. Um, going to try and work out a regular schedule, maybe once or twice a month to begin with. And once maybe I get a, a setup, a reliable setup, I will do, do it more often. So thank you very much for listening. God bless you. God be with you. And I'll see you next time.